0: Welcome to the Healthcare Weekly Podcast, where you can learn about the innovative ideas and technologies reshaping the healthcare industry. Join over 150,000 monthly readers and listeners all over the world. Each week, we sit down with some of the most brilliant minds in healthcare to learn what the future holds. The Healthcare Weekly Podcast, healthcare innovation, starts here. Welcome to another episode of the Healthcare Weekly Podcast. I am Kodran Arsene, CEO of Digital Authority Partners and Healthcare Weekly. Digital Authority Partners helps emerging companies gain online visibility, showcase their thought leadership, and build long-lasting brands. Today, I have the pleasure of talking to Samir Manjure. She is the CEO at Kensai. Kensai uses artificial intelligence to provide automated insights to major hospitals and the care facilities all over the U.S. alongside the care continuum. I can help hospitals predict uh, the number of patients showing up at a hospital, the patients uh, who will be committed, discharged, and those who will return to a hospital. The AI solution also provides a utilization prediction model to help solve for operational management issues across uh, hospital operators. Uh, Samir, thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: Hey, thanks a lot, Khadran. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Absolutely. So, Samir, uh, I always like to start the podcast uh, the same way, regardless of who is the uh, who's guest. Uh, so, this is the this is your time to talk a little bit about Kensai solution, how it works, and who you are uh, catering to.
1: Yeah. So, uh, it's my pleasure to be here. First of all, to talk about Kensai. Uh, Kensai is a Machine learning AI company specifically focused in healthcare. Uh, our team of doctors and data scientists have built a prediction platform that helps providers and payers intervene early at a lower cost. Our platform basically ingests various kinds of EMR data, claims data, or even psychosocial data and other data sets relevant uh, for the patients or beneficiaries. It brings those data sets together in a way. Uh, and makes it amenable for machine learning and AI. And on top of that, we provide specific solutions that help for either optimizing the throughput of the hospitals, what we call all the operations, or to optimize the utilization. And those are the two main big buckets of suites of applications we provide on top of our platform. And this platform is also available to the health system so that they can build additional solutions on top of it.
0: So, Samir, anybody who's been in, in, in the healthcare space you know, over the last decade or even more, uh, the one thing uh, we all kind of fear when it comes to uh, integrating uh, with EHRs, EMRs is kind of twofold. One is the ability to actually access that data. Uh, in order mm-hmm. to come up with uh, insights. And the second uh, thing that uh, a lot of technology experts fear is the fact that there is not one centralized EMR, right? Each hospital may, mm-hmm. may use a different one. Um, the market is incredibly fragmented. Um, you know, like one of our biggest clients is Athena Health, and they only have about 5% uh, or 5 to 8% of the, the EHR market the to consider to be one of the top five players, so I'm actually very curious to to hear from you, like how do you solve for this this challenge? like how do you make sure that as you go and introduce your solution to a new hospital, um, you can actually collect and ultimately make sense of the data that a specific hospital has in play?
1: Yeah, no, this is a great question, and um uh, you know we have honestly looked we have we have worked with now. Uh, lots and dozens and dozens of institutes large institutes uh within united states as well as outside in fact if you take the problem outside of us uh, globally there are even bigger challenges and fragmentation right um uh, and 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 the systems are federal systems where there is you know universal uh healthcare right Uh, Whether you look at NHS, Singapore, Australia, New Zealand, or other places. So what we do is we actually, you know, irrespective of where the data lives, whether it's in Epic, Cerner, or any other EMR, um, we look at... the problem itself, what are we trying to solve for? And we work backwards towards the data set. So let's take, let's say, you know, a specific problem like a length of stay prediction within the hospital system. In order to solve for length of stay prediction, um, we know that these are the 50 to 100 fields or attributes that we need, and some of them might be in EMR, some of that actually might not even be in EMR. So we know exactly the location of these fields based on having built many different models around this kind of scenarios. And we have templatized connectors that can suck in that data from the specific EMRs or outside of EMR, uh, what we call a very uh, specific data contract for that kind of a use case. And once the data is in that data contract, um, from there on, the entire... Um, from 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 that data contract to data transformation to data ingestion to machine learning models to those insights being available as APIs into their workflow, that entire thing is automated. And so that's the way we kind of, you know, uh, uh, we, we don't tie ourselves to a particular EMR or a particular kind of a data format. Uh, we basically, you know, convert all of these different data formats our data sources into a, a model or a data contract that our solutions understand and we provide we make it easy for that first mile to happen with all of our customers whether it's in US or outside
0: okay so in 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 simple terms you you, you get to you know a new hospital and mm-hmm. their CTO uh you know agrees to, let's say, doing a pilot or even working um, with your company. Um, They give you access to their data. This data is then injected into your machine learning and you are able to uh, basically provide some insights. So I want to just talk very specifically, you know, if I'm a hospital administrator right now listening to the podcast, I want to know, like, what is some of the insights that I would get? Like, how does your dashboard look like? What would it say? You know, like, is there a page just, which just says, uh, you know, today I expect you to get 300 patients into your ER or I'm expecting you to see, you know, like to lose 40 patients who are tired of waiting in the ER and then they're just leaving the hospital? Like, What is that user experience, that visual uh, visualization of data that I, as a hospital administrator, could see by using your platform?
1: Yeah, no, great question. So um, think of us as, you know, um, building a, a system of prediction for the entire hospital that spans from, emergency department, to inpatient, to OR, to discharge, and uh, we provide two types of things for, there are two types of users that we encounter generally in the entire hospital. This is an enterprise-wide system, right? So, there are are C-level folks or, you know, Uh, senior VP level folks who want to look at the macro picture of how the throughput is being managed across the entire system. So they might be interested in a dashboard that shows not just the retrospective trends, but also, you know, prospectively what is going to happen in future around some of the cohorts at a DRG level, as well as at an equal to one level, like for a specific patient or whatnot, right? But So we provide this uh, macro level dashboards that show the entire uh, schematic for the hospital across different facilities, across different service unit level uh, kind of constructs, as well as at a patient level. And they can drill down from, you know, big N to N equal to one. That's one. The The second type of users, and these are, you know, think of this as your care managers who are caring for the patients who are, let's say, thinking about whether to admit this patient or whether to discharge this patient, what needs to happen, et cetera. So they are mostly looking at an equal to one, specifically at a particular patient level, right? And for them, we provide a lot more detailed stuff at a patient level, saying here is a patient, this person will get discharged, Uh, predicted discharge is seven days out. And here are the complications that you are going to run into in discharging this patient. So we also not just predict something for them because they, Intuitively, already know sometimes. Uh, they don't have an exact quantification around it. So, we provide that quantification, but we also provide an explainable AI on top of it to say this particular patient is going to overstay by three days. And here is why they are going to overstay. Here are the five factors uh, that go into it. And not all of the factors will have modifiable drivers attached to it. So there might be just two or three factors out of those five that have modifiability. And then now the caregiver can focus on that and try to bring in the predicted discharge date to the right time as well as while looking at the risk of readmission. So they can look at multiple such things at one time and then they can take an action that is in the benefit of the patient, uh, which impacts better patient outcomes uh, and better patient satisfaction. And so that is really impacting things at an individual patient level embedded into their workflow, not just through a dashboard, but also through an API so it can be consumed in their own workflow without friction is one of the core tenets of our platform and our approach.
0: Okay, so if I understand correctly, there are two audiences, right? First, you mm-hmm. have the, um, the operational leaders at a hospital yep. um, who would look at this data, but then you also have the physicians. The, would the admitting physicians um, also leverage your solution in their day-to-day uh, operations? Or now Just trying to get the it, right picture.
1: It, yeah, it could be physicians, but it could also be caregivers. So these are, you know, care, care managers on the ground who are looking at, Um, actually the discharge procedures and all of that, right? So these are nurses, care managers, nurse navigators, et cetera. Um, So those are the ones who would look at these dashboards. They would look at a huddle. So typically what happens is like in a hospital system, let's take the discharge planning scenario, right? Um, They might be, every day they meet at usually 8 o'clock or so early morning and look at who are the patients who are potentially going to get discharged today or in the next day, and are we all ready for that discharge? And if the software can show them that here are the predictions two days out, three days out, or even a week out, and here are the issues that you're going to run into for each one of them, now they can actually use those predictions and do something about it, potentially try to you know optimize the the things. And And this is a huge deal because it might seem like a simple thing, but it's a huge deal because... Uh, every bed that is freed up uh, in the right way without impacting the patient outcomes is a huge, um, is a huge resource that can be optimized. And, you know, uh, now more patients can be seen through that entire system. So for a, for a facility which has hundreds of beds or thousands of beds, it's a big deal because, you know, a small percentage would result into huge uh, cost reductions and uh, increased revenue. Uh, while improving the patient outcomes.
0: So every time I you know I talk to you know hospital CEOs um in the you know in the context of uh, you know, artificial intelligence, um, the, the biggest worry that, that I hear time and again is uh, when it comes down to artificial intelligence, is what's like the danger of artificial intelligence making the, the wrong decisions? Like who would be responsible mm-hmm. if the wrong decisions are uh, are made? And then finally, like what is the potential for like the malicious use of artificial intelligence in a hostile setting? Um, what are your thoughts on any of these questions?
1: Yeah, no, this is a great question and, you know, uh, something that needs to be addressed head on, right? Um, AI has a lot of goodness attached to it. And, you know, when you're dealing with human lives, you have to be extremely careful about uh, what the AI techniques are suggesting. One of the guiding principles for us from the beginning when we started this company has been that the technology is here to serve the physicians. The physicians are somebody who has spent um, you know, decades learning about their trade, and they are the masters of their trade. No software can um, can kind of replace their intuition. So, one of the guiding principles is how can we, from a technology perspective, whether it's AI, ML, how can we be assistive uh, to the physicians and the caregivers uh, who know the who know what is best for the patient. So we take a lot of pride in actually talking about AI as assistive intelligence and not artificial intelligence, because we truly, truly believe that the technology, that the data um, mining and the results and the insights that come out of it uh, should be provided to the physicians and they are the final decision makers. And so our goal is to kind of provide them better tools, better insights, um, so they can make the right choices. And it's not that today uh, the tools are there. The only problem is these tools are antiquated. These are from dark ages, from, you know, a decade old or even more. And so those decision support systems need to be upgraded to really leverage uh, the great uh, advances in machine learning and artificial intelligence so that those can provide the assistive intelligence needed uh, for the physicians to make uh, better use of their data.
0: So you know we talked a little bit about like the the fears that you know I hear from the from the outside when it comes to artificial intelligence um can you share um any information about the the common fears that you see when you approach hospitals uh with your solution
1: yeah, and you know i'll I'll share a little bit about our journey right so we we started uh, about three and a half years ago, right? So it's a relatively younger company. Before that, prior to that, our roots were in academia. My co-founder is a professor of machine learning who was building a lot of these models in healthcare for uh, more than seven, eight years prior to forming Kensai with me. So we have we've gone through a lot of learning, real time learning, and when we started uh, Kensai, a lot of discussion. Was around why, why machine learning, why AI. And what we have seen is in the last three years, the dialogue has mostly shifted from why to how. And organizations are very receptive around machine learning, AI techniques, you know, because they have invested billions of dollars in Epic or Cerner or any other EMR. And honestly, they are not seeing any ROI from. Um, these kinds of investments. The ROI lies in how can you now take the data that has been collected and do something with it that helps the hospital either the, from an operational perspective or better clinical outcomes or cost perspective. And so the dialogue has mostly shifted from why to how, as in how are you going to do this for me and the resistance around ML and AI is markedly low uh, as compared to what it was three years ago. And there are still pockets where, you know, there is some fear. But most part, there is enough uh, kind of, you know, knowledge and uh, enough awareness around MLAI And it's more about, like, how do we develop this while putting patient at the center of it?
0: So, um, I, I noticed that on, on your blog, um, um, you, you mentioned a partnership with uh, Microsoft and I think you were also, mm-hmm. uh, you know, your team has published an article on the Microsoft blog. Uh, can you tell me a little bit more about um, how the partnership works and, you know, ultimately what you get out of it, what Microsoft gets out of it? Yeah. So, we are a, we are
1: a, um, we are a premier co sales ready partner for Microsoft. Uh, what that means is that we are certified by Microsoft to be one of their partners of choice for healthcare and on Azure, and what we have done is uh, Azure provides some amazing functionalities around the horizontal blocks, whether you think about storage compute as well as you know governance security models, etc uh, What we bring is the semantic layer for healthcare on top of this cloud platform, so we can ingest the data that has come into Azure, make it amenable to machine learning as I was just talking about earlier, and provide specific healthcare solutions that integrate back into the point of care. So that is a KenSai plus Microsoft stack that is uh, that provides a a, a lot of uh, functionality to the health systems who are trying to adopt cloud as well as are looking at a quick ROI. So our core mission here is to kind of, you know, where the organizations have lots of data, they are looking at cloud, we bring cloud plus can to them, and do it in a way so that they can start realizing the ROI around those investments very quickly. And so that's the joint co-sell motion that we have adopted with Microsoft, not just for uh, United States, but even outside. And uh, it has been a Fantastic partnership um, with, with, with Microsoft folks who are very, uh, you know, who are very proud of our efforts together and joint wins. Mm-hmm. Whether it is, and, and we have published some of these wins, uh, even with, for example, two years ago uh, at HIMS, uh, we got the Best AI Innovation Award for our work at Kaiser, um, which is one of the most premier institutes in United States and. Leading uh, innovation on many fronts. Um, Kaiser is a household name when it comes to healthcare. Uh, The second win, again, this year, we got the same Healthcare AI Innovation Award at HIMSS, uh, this time with NHS Scotland, where we are doing a lot of work for COPD for millions of patients, millions of folks, uh, 1.2 million to be exact. uh, COPD COPD cohort in Scotland, um, predicting bunch of things as well as integrating that with the device data post discharge. So it's a huge thing that we are doing. Our our projects are mostly at a kind of a big population level, either at a county or even country level, like what we are doing in Singapore with the diabetes population.
0: Well, first of congratulations and all these awards. It uh, really showcased that you have a very powerful solution that is to be reckoned with, and and I definitely hope that uh, you will be able to expand to the new markets and uh, and new hospitals. Um, One of the things you mentioned, Tim, again, was uh, the question of ROI and and how, um, ultimately, your solution improves ROI for hospitals, but what is your approach to measuring and communicating return on investment to, to hospitals?
1: Yeah, no, this is a fantastic question. And, you know, a lot of times technology companies look at, or machine learning companies, they look at the efficacy of the algorithm and, you know, they gloat over it and talk about GEC and whatnot. And, you know, for us, that's a means to an end. Uh, Having great technology is absolutely a must-have, but that's not enough in healthcare. Uh, in healthcare, there are lots of operational challenges. And unless you understand how is this technology going to get implemented, what is the last mile going to look like? What is the workflow? What are the challenges in changing the workflow? And if you understand that and work backwards, then you get a huge uh, boost in terms of adaptability of that technology, as well as impact of that technology. I'll give you a very simple example. One of our Machine Learning Models is Left Without Being Seen, which is being, uh, you know, uh, deployed at a very leading institute in Midwest. And uh, what we do is we measure what was their Left Without Being Seen rate. So this is patients who have shown, presented themselves at the emergency department, but are at risk of kind of going away without being seen. Uh, So that's what it stands for, LWBS, Left Without Being Seen. So we look at their three years of data, and their left-without-being-seen rate was 4.42% prior to adopting the Kensai technology. In six months since adopting the Kensai technology, that rate has dropped to uh, less than 2%. And this is huge because every such patient who we can catch who is going to be at the risk of uh, leaving without being seen is a patient who is not availing of the care as well as the hospital is losing revenue. And being able to solve for those kinds of outcomes where it's a win-win is a huge privilege because it it results in the right patient outcomes as well as at a lower cost. And we track these measures very uh, like a hawk. And that is the success for us. It's not about the the machine learning uh accuracy or precision or any of that those are means to an end we look at the outcomes and we we predicate our success on those outcomes and that's how we kind of you know do the handshake with the institutes whether we are looking at emergency department or the inpatient flow or discharge
0: Yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned that, uh, which is AI is a a means to an end. And that's exactly how, how I look at artificial intelligence right now. We're still in the midst of the hype around AI, but to be told in, you know, five to 10 minutes from now, um, AI would just be nothing more than, you know, using JavaScript to build a website or React Native or any other technology. Um, mm-hmm. and the core of it, AI, uh, is, is really just about uh, creating new use cases to provide actionable intelligence to uh different stakeholders that ultimately would not have had access to those insights in, in the past. I mean that's what AI should be doing is is just making sense of the tremendous amount of data points that um any company is collecting. You know, in the past the discussion was all around collecting more and more data, but today it's like we have so much data, it's 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 just tremendous amount of data. Data access is not an issue. It's making sense of it and coming down to actionable uh, changes and recommendations you can make to improve the workflow. That's really where the money is and, and what um, health providers should be focusing on. So I'm um, really glad you you mentioned that in, the, in your response to the question. Um, the the other thing I, I see oftentimes when uh, when talking to uh, hospital administrators is a, uh, a deep concern around uh, workflow adjustments required to um, leverage new technologies. Right, it's like okay, your solution mm-hmm. makes total sense. I can use it, but there's an inherent fear that you know. People are not going to leverage it. That you, you know, that hospitals, the doctors, the nurses are not going to use a solution. So, what are the workflow adjustments required to yeah. uh, leverage uh, your platform?
1: Yeah, this is a great question, and you know, um, very, very important because a lot of uh, companies start thinking about just technology and they think we will build and they will come and it doesn't work that way in healthcare. You have to have deep, deep, deep understanding of what it takes to get this integrated into workflow. And also the difficult challenges of changing anything in the workflow. So one of the first things we do, our our goal is to minimize the workflow changes. There are places where there might be some need for workflow changes. But the first thing is to really understand deeply the workflow. Who's going to be the user of this prediction? They shouldn't even be knowing. The users who are using this prediction shouldn't even be knowing that there is AI, ML in the background. It's like the electricity that runs through the building, but you don't ever see the electricity. You see the bulb, you see the fan, you see, you know, various other things that use the electricity. ML and AI should be that electricity that runs through the building. And the caregivers are using the insights from those without even knowing that they're using ML in the background, right? That is that is success to us because if you can dumb it down to that level, then you are actually going to have more success of adoption. Um, so I'll give you a very specific example. One of our clients is a very large federal system in the United States. This is one of the largest federal systems and is a is a core customer of ours. And uh, when we started working with them around the admission, and the huddle tool that the discharge planners would use in the morning, it is a 23-year-old tool. It was built with PHP and a bunch of other technologies. I'm not even, you know, super arcane technologies. But they love the tool. Each of the Persons we interviewed who was using that tool just love it. They're like, oh, this is like great. We love this tool, right? This is a 23 year old tool. Now, to suggest to them that they should use something else, another dashboard or something else, would be just, it's just not going to fly. So, what did we do? We actually looked at where the risk score was in the tool. And what we did is we actually uh, kind of inserted ourselves into the backend SQL from where that risk score was coming and we replaced that risk score with the with a very uh, sophisticated risk score that was coming from our algorithms. And th- that kept getting presented in the same huddle tool um, in a way uh, that did not change any of the workflow. So now they are using the most sophisticated ML algorithm in the background. Without even knowing that they are using that. And that to me is success. If you can insert MLAI into the workflow without impacting the workflow, without the users understanding what is happening in the background, and yet being able to avail of that advantage of the sophisticated technology or a sophisticated algorithm that is in the background, then you have a chance of actually making real impact. And, you know, Influencing um, patient outcomes.
0: Absolutely, I could not. Uh, I could not agree more. Um, and it, that makes me think of uh, kind of this this new buzzword uh, in the field of uh, AI and okay. healthcare, uh, what's called like explainable AI, right? Mm-hmm. Which is uh, the use of artificial intelligence in a way that helps humans understand and trust. Uh, and then leverage uh, AI in their day-to-day operations without thinking that AI is there. Um yep. And that's exactly ultimately, you know, if I understand correctly, your mission, right? It's not about the, yep. the AI; it's about helping you be better at your job uh, in a hostile setting. right
1: correct. And and it's not about just predicting. So the way we use explainable AI, for example, and these are buzzwords, right? And but at the end of the day, the idea is. How can we use the power of this technology to actually impact the patient outcomes, right? So the way we use explainable AI, so every model that predicts um uh, things in our case has a companion model which predicts which which provides a kind of a glimpse into the prediction. So for example, if we predict that this particular patient is going to uh overstay their predict their their typical uh, length of stay, let's say a congestive heart failure patient who admits at the point of admit, usually, you know, you, you see this kind of patient staying for seven days, let's say, and if our algorithm predicts that this person is going to stay for 10 days, we don't just say that this person is going to overstay by three days, but we actually present the factors that are most likely to result in this overstay. So there could be five factors or 10 factors that we show that go into that prediction are, are are the result of why we are saying the, uh, the the discharge date is going to be 10 days out and once and those factors are calculated by our companion explainable model and those are presented to the caregiver the nurse in a very simplistic human understandable way uh, so that she can say oh this makes sense for Joseph. i understand why this person is more likely to overstay and The decision could be that, hey, this is par for the course, or the decision could be that of these five factors, if we actually, you know, take care of these two or three factors, then the chances are we will be able to release this person back to their home within seven days to be back with their families, right? So it does really impact the human life at the end of the day and the extended circle that cares for that human life. And that is the power of the explainable AI, how to make it operational and how to actually make it real in in a real healthcare setting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, once the, you know, artificial intelligence solution is, is leveraged and deployed from everything I hear, of course, uh, people can make better decisions uh, which will out, uh, ultimately impact both delivery of care and, and patient outcomes. Um, but, you know, just one step Uh, Before that is is the fact that you and and any company that leverages artificial intelligence in healthcare, uh, there's an obstacle that you have to overcome, um, and that is convincing hospitals that your solution does what you're claiming it to do. Um, and and mm-hmm. kind of part of that um, speaks to one of the most common um, worries, but it's not necessarily a worry. It's just skepticism um, that uh, healthcare executives have with regards to uh, a simple question, which I want to learn You know how how your company is dealing with. And the question is very yeah. simple. Uh, do I know how your AI arrives at specific recommendations? Are you providing yeah. me the why? When it comes down to whatever insights you uh, are able to to show me,
1: yeah, no, this is a very deep question, and you know, really shows that you've studied this field very well. So, um, one of the things uh, that we, again, you know, pride ourselves on is earning the trust of the customers. The most of the healthcare executives have been burnt in this space in the last decade with lots and lots of companies making claims and saying, we can do this. And then when it comes to actually, you know, adoption and delivery, uh, you know, starting with the public uh, things that we have seen coming out of IBM Watson and whatnot, right. Uh, They have publicly retracted some of those claims. So there has been a lot of smoke and mirrors around this in 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 this space, right? And so one of the things we do, which is, you know, and this is very genuinely to our roots of research and technology, where we actually come to them with a lot of humility and we say, look, Here is how our approach is. It's a very white-box approach, and it's a very partnership-driven approach. We are not a vendor. We are a partner for the healthcare system. And our goal is to take you on this journey, the enterprise MLAI journey, and solve for multiple use cases. And the way we earn that trust is we say, look we are don't worry don't think about or don't give us credit for what we have done with other systems or the research publications the 50 plus research publications peer reviewed that we have published so we provide all of that to them but we say look let's walk the walk together let's not talk the talk the first thing we do is we take their retrospective data and so let's say if we are predicting for length of stay right we will take 3 years of their data we will train our models, we'll bring our entire system to you, we'll train our models on the two years of data, and we'll predict for the third year for which the ground truth is already available. And we'll hide the ground truth and we will see the predictions that are coming out of our system and compare it to the ground truth. And if that ground truth and the system, the predictions that we are doing are very close, or if there are gaps, we show all of that in a very transparent white box way to the executives along with a plan of how if this predictions were to be we put in into the live system, how would they work? Where would they reside, either in an EMR or in their workflow, who would be using it, what benefit would come out of it, et cetera, et cetera. But whole thing is set up within the first twelve weeks. So there is a lot of trust that we build with our customers and our partners around the technology and it's a joint partnership. It is not, uh, it takes a village to make that influence happen. And that is our way of actually working. And it is embedded into every single thing that we do from the first touch all the way to deployment, um, is earning the trust of the customer by showing them the art of possible on their data, Minute at the minute level and equal to one level and not just at a macro level, um, and that is the only way you can kind of you know survive in this system where a lot of healthcare executives have been burnt by uh, betting on you know shiny technologies that fail to deliver.
0: Zalir, thank you so much for uh, uh, that in-depth conversation, that in-depth uh, description. Uh, it shows how thorough um, your, your company's approach to AI is in, in, in the healthcare space. And, and of course, if all companies operating this field uh, were to take the same approach, uh, I think the healthcare industry would be significantly more more likely to uh, a, a adopt AI at large. Um, last question uh, for you. Um, where do you see your company in you know five years, 10 years from now? I mean, of course, as it stands right now, you're tackling a very specific piece of the pie, and and I have no doubt that um, you know you, you as a company will grow um, and, and and tackle new use cases. But I want to kind of hear it from the horse's mouth. Uh, where do you see um, yeah, where do you see Kensai uh, in five to ten years from now?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, success to us. Our team of doctors and data scientists is hard at work to build something incredible, uh, what we call a system of intelligence that sits on the top of systems of records today and becomes that system of intelligence that provides various kinds of predictions across ops care and uh, cost dimensions. Uh, to uh, To me and the company, a success for us would be if we can kind of, you know, impact the society at large. There are 7 billion lives today and we are just getting started. We are working with you know few tens of millions of lives today success would be if we can impact each and every individual on the planet a human being uh with our predictions um that would be success and so it's a very bold goal but something that i believe i truly believe is achievable where this becomes a system of intelligence that is powering various kinds of predictions that uh, truly, truly impact uh, a human being. And uh, our goal is nothing short of impacting every single human being on the planet. Uh,
0: Samir, thank you so much. Today, I had the pleasure of talking to Samir Manjura. CEO at Kensai, an artificial intelligence solution that provides automated insights to hospitals and care facilities all over the U.S. And as we learned today, uh, even outside of the United States, uh, Kensai can help hospitals predict that the number of patients showing up at a hospital, percentage of patients will be committed, discharged, and those who will return to uh, a care facility. Uh, Samir, thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: Thank you so much. It has been a pleasure.
0: Thanks for listening to the Healthcare Weekly Podcast. Don't forget to visit us at healthcareweekly.com. Subscribe to our channel on your favorite podcast app to get a notification every time a new episode is released. Do you know of an inspirational health leader who should be on our podcast? Email us at hello at healthcareweekly.com with details. Healthcare Weekly Podcast. Healthcare innovation starts here.